Okay, good morning. This is Richard Shu, host of Shoe Untied. Today I'm very pleased and honored to have with me as my guest a Bob Van Nest, who's one of the name partners of Kecker and Van Nest. Bob, welcome to the show. Nice to be here, Richard. Thanks for coming. So, Bob, why don't we start by telling me a little bit about how you um, became a lawyer and how you, and specifically how you became such a successful trial lawyer? Well, I became a lawyer because I grew up in Chicago. Uh, I was a big fan of Abraham Lincoln as a kid. I knew Lincoln had been a lawyer, and then he became president, of course. And I always thought that I would want to become a lawyer first and then maybe go into politics. As it turned out, I had a chance to work in politics first before I was a lawyer. I was a staff member in the General Assembly in Springfield, Illinois, for two years, and I absolutely hated it. (laughs) I didn't like the lifestyle. I didn't like the people. I didn't like the work. I didn't like the ethics. And I then decided, okay, I can still be a lawyer like Abe Lincoln, but I won't become a politician. And so I went to law school after I worked in politics for two years. Uh, I always knew I wanted to be a trial person, hmm. and, uh, and that's, what I, that's what I pursued. Hmm. And was it something you just loved instantly? Tell me a little bit how when you, you know, first got into law, how you liked it. I, I, I felt in law school that my strength would be representing people in court, uh, I love to speak. I love to be on my feet. I love people. I love interacting with people. I always have. And so in law school, rather than pursuing law review, I pursued Harvard Legal Aid Bureau, where I had an opportunity to represent clients, and I really, really enjoyed it. Of course, in legal aid, it's indigent clients, but they've got lots of problems that require going to court and administrative hearings, and I got a lot of stand-up. I really enjoyed it. And so I applied for a clerkship, was really fortunate to get one with uh, William Oreck, Sr., Judge Oreck many years ago, and I clerked with Judge Oreck, and there I got to see lawyers day in, day out practicing, and more importantly, got Judge Oreck's take on on how they were doing. And Judge Oreck had been a trial person himself, and so was a great critique of other lawyers. And I had a wonderful experience for a year with him, and that made me very certain that, that I wanted to practice law and I wanted to be a trial lawyer. And that's what I pursued when I, when I started my career the following year. Hmm. Now that you've had, obviously, such a successful career as a trialer, what are kind of the two or three highlights that kind of stand out in your mind in your, in, in the, in your career? I'd say one of the most fun and recent highlights was, of course, Oracle versus Google trial. Uh, you don't have too many trials where... Your first several witnesses are Larry Page, Larry Ellison, Eric Schmidt, Jonathan Schwartz, Scott McNeely. Uh, so when we got the, the Google Oracle trial, which was back, uh, we were hired back in 2011, I was just thrilled to do it. We weren't the client's first choice, uh, but as the trial got nearer, they reached out and we came on board, and I took the lead in the trial. And it was a great opportunity for me, not only to work with a lot of the top folks in Silicon Valley, that was exciting, but also kind of at the cutting edge of technology, that trial was about whether Java could be owned by one company, namely Oracle, and being able to present to a California jury a story of innovation and a story of change and a story of transformative change was just wonderful, and to be able to do it 
through the people that actually brought Android phones to being. Larry Page, uh, Ruben, Andy Rubin, it was just fantastic. And uh, that case, unfortunately, was tried twice. We won it twice. Uh, and so we got to do it again. And it was just as much fun the second time. And, and that was uh, probably you know, the most recent career highlight that I've had. The other really fun case I had involved Al Davis and the Raiders. Hmm. Uh, the McGaw family was one of the founding families in the Raiders. And when E.J. McGaw, who was the, 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 uh, uh, the patriarch of the family, passed away, Al Davis tried to take away their interest in the Raiders. He said, no, you're no longer a partner. You're just a creditor. And so the McGaw family hired us and me to represent them against Al Davis and and we did, and we established that they, in fact, were partners, and uh, Davis had to buy them out at a partner price, not a creditor price, hmm. and it was wonderful. I got to take Al Davis's deposition, <laughs> which was wonderful fun. Uh, he he was even even in the older years when Al was ill, he still had a sharp mind and a quick wit, hmm. and the deposition, which lasted uh, uh, all day was uh, was one of the most fun experiences I've ever had as a lawyer. Now, I know you've obviously tried cases in many areas of law. Give me a little bit of feel for kind of the range and the areas of kinds of trials that you've, you've tried. Of course, in the last few years, Richard, I've focused really on tech trials, um, but that wasn't always the case. When I started out, we were a law firm of three or four lawyers. I started with John Kecker and Bill Brockett. They were Kecker and Brockett back in the late 70s, early 80s. And my very first trial was a plaintiff's case on behalf of a woman whose employer had taken away her health coverage. So we had a plaintiff's contingent fee case (laughs) over in Marin County with a Marin County jury, you know, where the damages were probably $300,000. And that seemed like a lot for me in, 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 in those days. But we took that case on a contingency because Bill Brock had believed in it it was a great client, a woman that had worked her whole career up, up at this employer in Marin, and that was, that was wonderful. My second trial was a criminal defense case uh, on behalf of a, of a young guy who was running a place called uh, Sonoma Birdland. Sonoma Birdland was a bird aviary store up in Sonoma County. They were accused with a bunch of other people of importing protected birds improperly, transporting them from Singapore through other uh, uh, ports where the birds were were not allowed to to, to be exported. And uh, it was a criminal trial. My first solo trial, I was in L.A. in federal court, and every night when I got done, I'd get on the phone, I'd call John, I'd call Bill. This is what happened today. This is what I'm planning tomorrow. What do you think of this? What do you think of that? And as it turned out, uh, we won a a judgment of acquittal, not from the jury, but from the judge before uh, the jury considered uh, the evidence for my client, whose name was Dennis Colombo. And so uh, that was typical in the early days of our firm, doing white-collar type criminal defense work. I did a whole slew of cases, including panel cases, for counterfeiters, uh, for folks accused of bank robbery, Uh, for this guy accused of smuggling birds. And we did a whole variety of smaller contingent fee cases. So my early career was really plaintiff's cases, criminal defense cases, and it wasn't until later on 
in life, uh, maybe to, after 10 years as a lawyer, that I really picked up a practice as, as an IP lawyer, mm. which is what I do, you know, generally trials today that I conduct or that I participate in are, uh, are IP trials. Is there any particular IP or a specific kind of uh, that, you is, that you enjoy most? Do you like patent cases more? Do you like trade secret cases more? What would you say about that? I, I think most of my experience, Richard, has been with copyright and patents, and uh, I like them both equally well. I think the thing that unites them and that makes them interesting is that, A, you have to learn a new technology, and that always requires a lot of concentration and focus because unless you really understand the technology well, it's hard to explain it to a juror that's just hearing it for the first time. But those cases also require telling what I call a business story, right? Who are the parties? How do they interact, if at all? Why are we here? What is the real motive behind this lawsuit? Why is it important or why isn't it important? And so the thing that's challenging, I think, about either a patent or a copyright trial is that you need to take material, which could be pretty dry, turn it into something that's both understandable, interesting, exciting, and then put a point to it, you know, put a theme to it, put it in the business context. With Oracle and Google, that was pretty simple, right? I mean, the theme was, here's a big company trying to take control of Java, trying to shut down innovation for its own uh, profit greed purposes. That, that's a very simple story. That is the type of thing that you've got to develop in any one of these tech cases, even though you also have to understand the technology, how it works, why infringement is demonstrated or not, why a patent is valid or not. And, and it's the blending of the technical side and the business side that, to me, makes these trials challenging and, and for the lawyers, a lot of fun to do. Now, you mentioned the Oracle Google trial. You kind of got brought in at the end to do the trial. You didn't work up the case. Do you find it's difficult to come in at that late stage and try the case, or do you find that that works just as well for you? It doesn't work just as well. It's more challenging because, obviously, you're better off if you've had a role in shaping the case. And in, in Google Oracle, fortunately, we were brought in six to eight months before the trial. So we did get to take some of the discovery and craft the expert reports, which was very important. Mm. But, but oftentimes, I'm asked to come in later than that, and I think it's a lot more challenging. The reason for that is that, you know, in most of these federal cases, the expert reports may be done, all the witness depositions have been done, the themes, to the extent you can shape them, have been shaped, and not having a chance to in, have input on those is very tricky. Uh, you have to take the material you have, work with it the best you can. Uh, uh, if, if something's been left out, try like the, like the Dickens to get it into the case uh, in, in some way or another. So while, while we're often called on to do that, and I've done a lot of cases where I come in within a few months of the trial, it's not what I prefer. What I prefer is to have a hand from the beginning where, you know, I'm responsible for shaping the case, what discovery, what themes we're going to pursue, what work we're going to do. Uh, that's a lot better. Now, you've obviously tried dozens of cases, maybe hundreds of cases in your career. Uh, does it ever get old, or does each, does no. each trial seem like it's just no. as exciting as the first uh, one you did? I, I haven't tried hundreds of cases. And, <laughs> and you know, it, it used to be lawyers did try hundreds of cases, but people my age uh, haven't typically tried hundreds of cases unless... 
their whole career has been as a DA or a public defender. Mm. Uh, I've tried dozens of cases, and no, it never gets old. Because the, the sorts of cases that I'm, I'm privileged, really, to get now and work on are, are enough fun and big enough that I'm not doing more than three or four in any given year. Mm. And so, no, it never gets old. Every trial, every case is different. Every judge is different. Every venue is different. Trying cases in California versus Texas versus Delaware uh, versus Boston, those are all very different places to try cases. And fortunately, uh, given that most of my client base is here in the Bay Area, they get sued all over the place, Mm. right? So we're in Delaware a lot, and I've done a lot of trials there. Texas a lot, done a lot of trials there. Northern District, done trials here. It, it's a lot of fun to be on the road, too, working with all the great local counsel. I never, ever go to trial anywhere other than here, where my home court, <laughs> without local counsel. Mm-hmm. And so I really enjoy working with the lawyers in Delaware. I really enjoy working with the lawyers in Texas. I really enjoy working with the lawyers in Boston. It's great to be able to work nationally with the, the great group of, of national trial lawyers that we enjoy in this country and uh, uh, that's, that's a part of the fun, is putting the team together, including your local counsel, your experts, your graphics people, your own lawyers, your co-counsel, and taking that team somewhere uh, out of town, for example, and, and, and winning. Uh, that's a that's a great joy, and and no, it never gets old. I'm I'm looking forward to many more years. <laughs> well, now it sounds like you tried a lot of different types of cases. Is there any specific kind of trial or specific legal area that you haven't tried that you would still like to do? Sure, uh, I I would love to get an opportunity to do what I think is is one of the most challenging things, and that is try a a pro bono public interest case. Um, years ago, uh, I represented the ACLU in the, one of the very first challenges to collegiate drug testing. Hmm. Stanford and the ACLU um, sued the NC2A years ago. And Susan Harriman, my partner at the time and still today, and I tried that case in front of Judge Peter Stone. Wonderful. Uh, doing, doing the public good, um, having a chance to impact public policy, having a chance to do something great for a group of people. Our firm, as you may know, Richard, we've, we have sued the Trump administration now a couple of times, one on Sanctuary City, one on Muslim ban. I'd love to have a chance to take one of those to trial and make a difference for our country and, and for the people in it. Uh, so for me, I think I've, I've done a lot of commercial work. I've done criminal defense work. I've done legal malpractice work. Uh, I've done real estate work. I think the things I look forward to doing that are different and new for me would be in the in the uh, the public interest arena, a big, fun public interest trial. A lot of those cases don't go to trial; they get resolved or they're done uh, in an administrative proceeding. But that's what I would love to do as something that's different than what I'm doing now. Now, Bob, you obviously work with a lot of younger lawyers. What kind of advice do you give to younger lawyers now who are starting their careers or want to be trial lawyers? You know, we have a lot of great young people here that come in with great credentials and having been to great law schools. And now the law schools offer a lot more clinical opportunities than were really available when I was in school. So the people that come here are very accomplished people. The one thing that I emphasize to them is 
it's important to look at what your mentors do. It's important to watch other great lawyers. But you really have to play on your own strengths. You need to figure out what you do well and what you don't do well and play to that. Don't try to be the every man or the every woman. Try to take the things you do the best and capitalize on those and work the hardest on those. I think that lawyers that try to do too many things and be a so-called renaissance man or woman, that's really tough. And I, I've been successful taking the things that I think I do best, which is communicate directly with jurors and try to develop trial themes and a whole trial plan, and I've built that into to a career. I, I tell the younger people, not everybody is going to be the same. You can be a great trial lawyer with a lot of different styles and a lot of different approaches. Jurors are looking for variety today. They're looking for diversity. They're looking for different kinds of people to do the trials. And, and so I tell the young lawyers, try to figure out what you do well and what your strong points are and develop those. Don't copy me or John Kecker or all the other great examples you might have. Um, you, you should try to develop your own strengths as a lawyer and don't try to do, do things way outside of, of, of your own comfort zone. And that, that's been successful, and, and I, I try to stress that to all the young lawyers coming up in our place. Now, Bob, you're obviously a very young man. I know you've had a great career. Do you see yourself doing anything else other than being a trial lawyer in the future? I really don't, Richard. I don't have the uh, patience to be a mediator. Uh, I, uh, it's too late for me to become a judge. I don't think I have the patience to become a judge either. Uh, I've done some teaching in the past, and I would expect going forward that maybe I'll do some teaching on the side uh, as an adjunct professor, and, and that would be a lot of fun for me. But I, I'm really enjoying my law career right now. I have many good years ahead of me. Uh, I'm not looking for a retirement at the, <laughs> or anything like it. And I, I think that, that for now, uh, I'm going to continue doing exactly what I'm doing today. Well, Bob, this has been a fascinating conversation. I really appreciate your taking the time. I'd love to check in on a few years with you and see how your trial work is going. Richard, I look forward to that, and thanks again for stopping by. This is Richard Chu and Bob Van Ness. Thanks. <laughs>